Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for April 21st, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. So, we have a new video up. It is uh, the match video of Roxanne Modafferi versus Antonina Shevchenko from yesterday's UFC show in St. Petersburg, Russia. Now, this is one of those fights where I'm going to have to explain some things because no one else will do it, okay? You, you're never going to get an explanation from the UFC or judges or anybody, okay? And most of the other members of the media don't explain this stuff either, okay? I'm probably the only one that does. Anyway, Antonina was favored coming into this fight mainly because of her sister Valentina, but what I thought, and this fight proved, is that Antonina is a carbon copy or a pale imitation of her sister. Now that means she does the same things as Valentina, but doesn't do them nearly as well. Okay, so yes, she was overrated, all right? I can't really explain that, but some fighters get overrated, you know? And what really failed her in this fight was her lack of any kind of takedown defense. Antonina wins this fight if she keeps it standing. But Roxanne won now Roxanne won the fight by split decision, and fans are questioning that too. So I'm gonna explain the judge's decision too. And you know, fans are always uh, uh, the judging is incompetent or uh, no, not always. There's there's other reasons uh, for uh, you know split decisions and why there's a difference of opinion and all that sort of thing. Now, and I'm also gonna explain why I ignore useless stats like significant strikes because this became an issue during the fight broadcast, okay? So, for the first half of round one, Antonino was getting the best of Roxanne with strikes and then Roxanne took her down and won the second half of the round. So, it was a close round and that, that could be scored either way. I scored it 10-9 for Roxanne. Two of the judges scored it 10-9 for Antonina and the third judge scored it 10-9 for Roxanne. Now, this judge that scored it 10-9 uh, for Roxanne is the judge that scored the fight in Valentina's favor. Okay, so keep that in mind. Now, between rounds, Antonina's coach, Pavel Fedotov, told her she won the first half of the round and she needs to block takedowns. Well, as you'll see, she wasn't very good at that. <laughs> Now, Roxanne's coach, John Wood, just told her to keep taking Antonina down because that was going to win her the fight. Now, round two was very similar to round one. Uh, I scored a 10-9 for Roxanne, and, and I just thought it was more decisive. Like, um, she uh, got a takedown a lot sooner in the round, and she was on top longer. So I just thought it was a, a, a more decisive round for her. Now the judges who scored round one for Antonina scored round two 10-9 for Roxanne, while the third judge scored it 10-9 for Antonina. And that's the one piece of judging that I have to disagree with. I, I do not see how you can score uh, that round for Antonina. Uh, she did score some strikes early in the round, but Roxanne had control on the ground for a lot longer period than in the first round. So if you're going to score round one in favor of Roxanne, why would you score round two in favor of Antonina? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but well, we'll get to that in a minute. 
Now, based on the judges' scorecards, the match is a draw going into round three. I have Roxanne winning 2018. So, you know, for me, I think that Antonina needs a finish, and she isn't going to get one because she's not a finisher. Okay, so for me, Roxanne probably is going to win this fight. Now, I scored the third round 10-9 for Roxanne. Again, it was a close round, very similar to the first round. So I scored the fight 30-27 for Roxanne. Two of the judges scored round 3-10-9 for Roxanne, and the third judge scored it 10-9 for Antonina. And again, I will say that similar to round one, it was a very close round, and it could be scored either way. And that's how you get a split decision. Two judges scored at 29-28 for Roxanne, and the third judge scored at 29-28 for Antonina. And, and, you know, fans getting an uproar and all that kind of nonsense. But look, it was a close fight, and how anyone scores a fight, especially a close fight like that, is purely subjective. I thought Roxanne's takedowns and ground control were the determining factors. Okay? The judges can interpret the same thing differently. And that's how judging in close fights has always been. You know, it's different strokes for different folks. All right? And uh, it's not always, you know, judges' uh, incompetence or anything like that. There are different ways, especially in a close fight like this, to determine, you know, to determine the, um, to determine, uh, uh, you know, the decision. And, you know, fans are upset because it wasn't, wasn't a, uh, uh, a, a, a unanimous decision for Roxanne. Well, think about it. It could have gone the other way, and it almost did. It almost did. Uh, so that's what you have to keep in mind. Now, also during the fight, John Gooden made a big deal out of Antonina's significant strikes advantage. Now, to his credit, Paul Felder, who's a fighter, you know, John Gooden is not a fighter, he's an announcer. Paul Felder shot that down. So, this is me, okay? Do what you want. I ignore most of those phony baloney stats, okay? Especially something like significant strikes, because some unknown person decides what is significant. Well, I'm not going to let that influence me. I don't need any help scoring fights, thank you very much. And it would influence the judges, but they don't see those stats. Now, any of those stats that you see during a fight broadcast should be taken with a grain of salt, okay? It's just bet, best not to pay much attention to them. I do not. The only reason I paid attention to it this time is John Gooden made a big deal out of it, and then uh, Felder uh, told him to calm down. <laughs> anyway, this was a big win for Roxy, except I thought Antonina was overrated in the first place. Now, again, the video of the fight is up on my blog, so you can make your own decisions based on uh, your own beliefs, okay? And uh, I won't be mad at you if you think I was wrong. Doesn't make any difference to me. Okay, got a couple of other things. First of all, a fight announcement. Uh, yesterday, Peter Carroll of MMA Fighting reported that uh, Ariane Lipsky versus Molly McCann has been added to UFC on ESPN Plus 12, June 22 at Bon Secours Wellness Arena in Greenville, South Carolina. Now, this fight will be at Flyweight. Now, both fighters were champs outside the UFC, right? Ariane is 25 years old from Curitiba, Brazil, but she trains at King's MMA in Huntington Beach, California. Her record is 11-4. She is a former KSW champ. 
So I think fans were really looking forward to seeing her in the UFC. So I think there were plenty of disappointed fanboys when she lost her UFC debut uh, to jo Joanne Calderwood in, in January. Did I mention that she's hot? Ariane is hot. Anyway, Ariane did not look good at all. Now, Molly is 28 years old from Liverpool, England. Her record is 8-2. She lost her UFC debut to Jillian Robertson, but she won over Priscilla Cachoeira in March. March. She's a former Cage Warriors champ. Both fighters are mainly strikers. You know, it remains to be seen if either fighter amounts to anything, and I'm not sure that having them fight each other will tell us anything. It just shows that the competition level in the UFC is a big leap from any place. And maybe the UFC should have started them off with lower level opponents. Okay, so that's uh, June 22nd in Greenville, South Carolina. All right, now in addition, now I'm also uh, uh, gonna talk about the upcoming Invicta show, which will be May 3rd in Kansas City, and it will air on UFC Fight Pass. So they're calling it Invicta Phoenix Rising Series. Uh, I call this a gimmick show, okay? Because what they're doing is a one-night strawweight tournament to crown a new champ. Now, I'm, I'm talking about this now because I now have full details, including what the opening round matchups will be. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about why I'm not crazy about one-night tournaments in the first place, okay? So, once upon a time, in a land far away, I'm talking about Japan, of course. One-night tournaments were very popular, okay? You know, the first big women's MMA tournament was uh, the World Remix Tournament in 2000, okay? Marlos Kunin won that tournament, all right? So, Invicta owner Shannon Knapp used to work for Strikeforce, and Scott Coker is well-known to like tournaments. You know, before he started Strikeforce, he promoted the K1 Las Vegas show. And at that time, K1 did a lot of tournaments, okay? Coker also did a one-night women's tournament in Strikeforce. He still does tournaments in Bellator, but he now does them over several months. And even Japanese promoters don't do one-night tournaments anymore. Ryzen's never done one, okay? They did the uh, Atomweight tournament over several months. So the memories of these tournaments are skewed. And the reason for that is there's no regulation in Japan. Promoters could still do them if they wanted to. The only guy who still does one-day tournaments is shootboxing, okay? And shootboxing is not actually fighting. It, it's not MMA, it's not kickboxing, it's a hybrid, okay? So you can get away with it in shootboxing or in kickboxing for that matter but not in MMA. And, and really, in, here in North America, athletic commissions would never allow the Japanese style of one-night tournament. It's not gonna happen. So for a promoter to do this kind of, do a one-night tournament, a promoter has to compromise and get a little gimmicky. And Invicta has done both. Now, there are eight fighters in the tournament. The opening round and semifinals will be one five-minute round. Now, that is a compromise that typifies why one-night tournaments won't work in the U.S. I guarantee you this will disappoint fans, okay? I don't know how it will disappoint fans, but it will, okay? Now, Invicta has added... Listen, here's the bottom line. We want to see full fights. We don't want to see, you know, short fights like that. 
you know, deliberately short fights. Now, Invicta has added a gimmick where whoever wins in the shortest time in the first round gets to choose her next opponent. So if there are no finishes, the next round is chosen by lot. So it remains to be seen if that creates the appropriate urgency. I have my doubts. No one has ever tried this before. They didn't do this in Japan. So no one has ever tried this. And why is she doing this? Because Knapp is well aware that the majority of straw weights are not finishers. Okay? So this week, Invicta announced the first round bouts. So first you have Kaylin Curran versus um, Suna David's daughter. Now, Suna is from Iceland. She has looked good in Invicta. Uh, she would be, for me, one of the favorites in this tournament. Kaylin was in the UFC, but she is awful. I really wish they would stop hiring ex-UFC fighters that just plain stink. Okay, Kaylin's big problem is she tends to lose focus during matches, and it's usually why she loses. All right. She may have, she actually has some decent skills, but her, her brain is on vacation, okay? The second fight will have Danielle Taylor uh, versus Juliana Lima. Now, they are both terrible ex-UFC fighters. Danielle, who's supposed to have power in her punches, uses the keep-away strategy. Juliana uses lay and pray, okay? That's how she won her fights in the UFC if she, when she won fights. Now, the urgency gimmick is aimed, aimed squarely at them because neither of them finish, finish fights. And the third fight has Janessa Morandine against Brianna Van Buren. We've seen both of them in Invicta. Eh, they're nothing special. And Mizuki in the final fight will face Sharon Jacobson. Now, the final in this will be three five-minute rounds. So if you do them over months, then you can do all the fights at the proper length. You don't have to do this Michigas, all right? Now, the two best fighters in this tournament, there's no question about it, it's Mizuki and Suna, all right? Now, that doesn't mean they will make the final. With the gimmickry and just the nature of the whole thing, you know, you're going to have some screwy finishes, for sure. Now, the only real fight is the final, and the rest are exhibitions. I don't think a champion should be determined by exhibition matches, right? Now, the added gimmick doesn't make the whole thing better. It just makes it sillier. Now, they have added two reserve bouts, uh, Amber Brown versus Manjit Kolakar and Itzel Esquivel versus Alyssa Khan. These will be one five-minute five round exhibition bouts. There is also a non-tournament strawweight bout, uh, Kay Hansen versus Magdalena Sormova. And uh, that's just a regular fight. I'm not sure why it's on this show except to fill time. So I'm not crazy about it. I don't like one-night tournaments in the first place. And I feel the whole thing is too much of a crapshoot for me. But hey, I'm going to watch it. And we'll see how it goes. All right. I could be wrong. But I doubt it. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, again, don't forget to check out the uh, video from uh, yesterday's UFC show, frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, be back, not sure, pro the latest on Friday. 
But uh, uh, we have to see what's going on in the WWE this week. Uh, I expect that uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane will have a match on Tuesday's show. Also, uh, Io Shirai is on uh, this week's edition of uh, Worlds Collide. Uh, and that will air on Wednesday. So I should have that match the next day. Uh, so uh, it'll be uh, probably uh, Friday because there's a UFC show in Fort Lauderdale next week. And there's a couple of matches on there. So if you have any questions or comments, you can uh, leave a message on the Anchor voicemail. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.